Welcome to another episode of Current and Cast Podcast. This isn't the same old political or review podcast. Instead, this podcast is about current events, sports, technology, life, and yes, whiskey. So pour yourself a good drink, or if you're driving or working right now, just imagine yourself doing so. And join me, Chad HD and Matt Martin, for this week's Current and Cast Podcast. Matt, yes, hey, sir. how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Welcome yeah. to the uh, to another episode. It's been a it's been a great week, honestly. I've I've tried so this has been one of my best whiskey weeks that I've had. Really? Because really? it's getting close to the holidays, and I you know I work at a liquor store, and a lot of these people are bringing their high end stuff, wanting to get it on the shelves, like their right. expensive stuff. Yeah. Before the holidays, so I'm getting to try just some really high end stuff. Yeah, well, that's good. That's yeah. I'm not. I uh, nobody. I think they should bring it up to my radio show and be like, "Here, would you like to try this?" That'd be great. No, they should. They should. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, but maybe if, they'll start doing it for the podcast. What if, do you think? If you ever, well, that would be <laughs> fantastic. If they're like, "Hey, we need yeah. some reviews. Here's you some bottles." But you, you know, just you put it out there. Why you, not? You could, you know, quit your radio show and go work for a liquor store, and you know, could, then you would yeah. have that opportunity. I guess. I so, mean, that's but, what I did. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> you also moved. You moved to Nashville. I moved to Nashville. And for those who are oh. new to the podcast, Matt is uh, uh, joining us uh, from from Nashville, Tennessee. I'm in Lubbock, Texas, uh, here mm-hmm. in West Texas. I do a radio show, the Chad Hasty Show, and Matt. Uh, drinks all day. Yeah. So I got a question for you, Chad. You got your chickens yet? <laughs> we don't know. Okay. And so here's the deal. I'm not in charge of this chicken thing No. Okay. that uh, my wife and her brother want to do. Okay. I'm not in charge of the chicken thing. And I was just told we're going to have chickens. We don't have chickens. We, we, we have, we have cats now. And I think we're actually turning into a cat farm, that, uh, because good. We've we've got kittens all over the place. We've got one cat. You're gonna be cat lady chat. We'll will will go and just disappear for a while and get knocked up and then she comes back and she has her kittens uh here on the property and, and then we take care of the kittens. So uh right now we have a squadron of uh, of kitty cats uh that are mm-hmm. running around and we have new kittens now. And so at some point we'll have a, a squadron of kitty cats uh roaming the property. Uh, we've got uh, some outdoor dogs, and and then we've got our indoor dogs. No chickens yet. Yeah. No chickens, but we do have lots of cats. We we have two indoor dogs, and yeah. we are down to 11 chickens. You started off with a ton of chickens. How are you mm-hmm. down to 11 chickens? It's called chopping off some heads of roosters. Oh, no. Oh, you, uh, you're the butcher of chicken. We, had, we killed six roosters. Okay. And uh, we kept the meat. We're going to try yeah. it. We'll see what happens. But yeah. as soon as we got rid of the roosters, within a week, we started getting eggs. So this week, we started getting eggs, Chad. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. That's and great. We've been, getting, we've been getting between two and three a day right now, but it, it'll ramp up. We've got, I think we've got three or four that we know are, are laying out of yeah. uh, eight, I think, ladies that we have. Yeah. So. All right. So we should be getting, uh, if the, my math is right, according to what each brand of chicken lays, you know, I guess you'd call yeah, them breed. Yeah, I, that works, um, sure. We will be looking at 50 to 60 eggs a week 
at 50 some to point, 60 eggs. Yes, wow. with, with eight chickens. With eight chickens. Right. That's, uh, that's great. Yeah, I have no idea when the chickens are supposed to start. I'm not in charge of that. Yeah. So I just, every now and then I ask, hey, whatever happened to that whole chicken thing? And, and then I get an answer. And then I go, okay, not my, it's not my deal. So I don't know. Whenever it happens, it happens. I okay. would love to see some chickens around here. I, I want to see you know. with chickens, Chad. I don't know if you start it during the winter. I think maybe it's too late to start the whole chicken thing. I don't I, know. I'll tell you early spring or late winter is when I, if you getting chicks, that's when I'm, yeah. that's when I think you should get chicks because okay. that way they're ready by the time you hit, you know, April, yeah. May. Okay. But the problem we have is we started in what, like June? Yeah. And they're, or, uh, well, actually, we started May 5th, I think, was when they were born, somewhere around yeah. there. And we're talking September, and they're just now starting to lay eggs. Well, you, you get, uh, you got some eggs going into the fall. That's but, a good yeah, thing. Yeah, but they're that, a little, that, they're, they're running a little never. late. Uh, of course, here on the podcast, we also like to drink and review. Uh, a a fine whiskey uh, during the uh, during the program and uh, each uh, program we review something different and today Matt we're trying something a little special yeah I, I, this is one of my favorite whiskeys of all time I mean uh, this this brand of whiskey is it's way up there for me so what are we trying today we are doing the red breast and oh. because because we're so special and i gave you some before i left but yeah. uh we are doing the red breast 21 oh uh msrp on this uh is about 320 dollars a bottle <laughs> yeah and it can most of the time when you see it it's going to be between 320 and 350 and so we'll tell you i'm proud it's, of it Tell you if it's worth it or not. Yeah, so it's uh, it's an over three hundred dollar bottle uh, that we're uh, trying today. So this is not maybe an everyday uh, drink, but this is a special occasion drink that uh, that you'd like to have. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This. So, uh, well, I mean, some, for some people it could be everyday, but for me, this true. this was a this is the first time I've ever spent this kind of money on a bottle. And I did yeah. it because I, I started with the 12, went to the 15, had the Lestal. You know, I've, I kind of progressed up to it, and I'm like, these are so good. Let's see if the 21's better. You got to keep going, yeah. So uh, that's we, we've poured our glasses. We've poured our drinks. Mm -hmm. Cheers. Cheers. And uh, we will, uh, you know, begin to uh, begin to have uh, the Red Breast 21, yeah. which is a, a very fine, fine bottle. Uh, well, out there when you can find it. And I want to throw out there, it's an Irish whiskey. Yes. Um, the 21 is not the easiest one to find, but it's not the hardest either. Right. In fact, uh, I've even seen 27s. 27s are, are even more expensive, but they're even able to find. But they've got some like limited editions that come out. Like right now, uh, they've got a tawny port cask that I've never seen. I don't know where it is. I don't know where it came from. I don't know where it's going. Never seen it, so maybe uh, maybe we can find something like that. But th those seem to be harder to find than your your standard yeah. year versions. But um, but yeah, it's it's um, I'm excited. But it is an Irish whiskey, single pot still, and it's uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about it at the end. Yeah, and so uh, we've got some other stuff to talk about uh, on the podcast today, including uh, Matt. You know, we like to uh, talk. 
current events. Sometimes we'll throw some politics in there, but current events, everyday life, technology, all that kind of good stuff. I, I, I found this article that kind of blends a little bit of current events and also uh, technology together. It's, it's actually, actually, I thought it, at first I, I, uh, I, I had thought it was from the Wall Street Journal, but it's actually from the, the Washington Post, okay? And the article is all about the uh, new phone call etiquette that we're supposed to have here in the United States. Uh, new phone call etiquette we're in the United States. I mean, What's does that? anybody even use their phone anymore for well, that? For an actual phone call? That's what we'll kind of get to. Uh, phone norms are changing quickly, causing some people to feel left behind or confused. The unwritten rules of chatting on the phone differ wildly between generations, leading to misunderstandings and frustration on all sides. So the Washington, uh, Washington Post spoke to an etiquette expert uh, and people of all ages about their own phone pet peeves to come up with the following guidance to help everyone navigate phone calls in 2023. You know what the first etiquette is? What? Do not leave a voicemail. What? Then I'm not calling back. Do not leave a voicemail. Voicemails are an artifact, they say, of the days before text messages. If you have information that needs to be communicated in an accurate, timely manner, you're far better off putting it into writing as a text or email. Most phones transcribe voicemails now, so chances are people aren't even listening to what you said, but reading, possibly incorrect, a text version instead. So, like the new iOS 17, it will... Uh, actually transcribe what someone is saying in real time on a voicemail. So you don't even listen to it. And for the longest time, you've already had uh, voicemails being transcribed on uh, on, on the, uh, the iOS and Android and everywhere else. So really no one ever listens to a voicemail. Well, but whether they listen to it or not, if you call me and you don't yeah. leave a voicemail, then I think that you're, you know, somebody you don't really need you right they don't really need you well yeah. or or you're trying to sell me something and or you right. know, something else or you're a scam artist if you don't leave me a voicemail it doesn't matter whether i read it or not yeah. you don't leave me a voicemail uh, i'm not calling you back they say there are some exceptions to the no voicemail rule uh that uh, if people would uh, love to hear your voice no matter what you're saying you know like a family member or sharing uh, some kind of audio experience, and uh, then that's okay. That's that's fine. Leave the voicemail. But it's, otherwise, so it's all about the audio them. experience. Well, if there's if there is an audio experience, like hey, I'm at a concert, listen to this or whatever. I don't know. I, again, whatever the audio experience may be. Huh. Uh, here's number two: text before calling. Calling someone without warning can feel stressful to the recipient. Instead, text them ahead of time and ask if they're free to talk now. If they can, call when they're free, or if they pick a time, uh, do that. If it's someone that you call regularly, find out what their ideal times are, like after work or only on Sunday afternoons. Wording and context are key for the pre-call text messages. A simple call me text can feel urgent and make someone think there's an emergency. Clarify if you just want to catch up. I kind of like that, though. I kind of like the pretext, hey, are you busy right now? I like that from people, not necessarily from family members, but a text, hey, do you have a second? You know, can I, can I give you a call? I do that with, for a few folks 
and uh, and people do that uh, with me as well. Because if you're busy and you don't want to pick up the phone, eh, I'd rather j- just call me in 15 minutes or so. Yeah, I mean, I can... A little warning. I can see that. I mean, I do that with my parents a lot, but I sometimes I just call them first, and then they text me, hey, call me in 15 minutes. I mean, it's yeah. not that big of a deal. It, I mean, if you don't want people to call you... Nobody does anymore. Turn off your ringer so that it doesn't go off. You know what I'm saying? I Most mean, people it's, have their ringers off. Well, Most I, people have their ringers off all the time. Uh, I know, but I, I guess my point is, if that's that big of a deal, if you're going to freak out because somebody called you, turn your ringer yeah. off. Uh, I just I think people just want to be warned. That's you know, like, what oh a phone call is for. You don't get pre-warning because of a phone call. That's ridiculous. Oh, pre-warnings are, are great. No, I disagree. I think pre-warnings are crazy. great. I love pre-warning. Uh, you don't have to answer the phone. The responsibility isn't only on the person dialing. Just because someone is calling you out of the blue doesn't mean you have to answer. If you're in a restaurant using the bathroom, so many people who use the bathroom answer their phone. Don't answer the phone Stop if you're it. on the pot. Stop talking on the phone in the bathroom. Don't do that. Yeah, I agree with you that. You don't need to hear it. That's okay? just gross. Uh, well, using the bathroom or in a meeting, mm, mute no. the call and then get back to them at a convenient time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, just uh, to be even more polite, send a text message. Smartphones will let you send an automated text when you can't answer. Yeah, I have, I have some people who do that. Uh, yeah, I mean, the only time I would answer is, is if I was afraid it was an emergency of some kind. Yeah. But even then, I uh, might text back and say, do you need me? You know, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, emotions are for voice. Facts are for text. So if you're going to be emotional, call somebody. If you're just uh, stating, "Hey, the movies are at 10 p.m.," that that that's a good text. You don't need to. You don't have to go crazy. Well, but yeah, if because it's, if it's emotional conversation, like someone's dead, uh, that is, you know, that that's a phone call. Like, "Hey, Diane Feinstein uh, is dead." Uh, you you may not want to send that over a text if you're a family member of Diane Feinstein. Well, the. So you're correct with that. And I think one of the biggest problems you have with text is misinterpretation of what is meant. And that's why sometimes a phone call is just very important. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Let's see. Unless it's an emergency, don't call twice. (laughs) That's true. I agree with that one. If you Uh, call me once, leave me a voicemail. And if I know who you are, even if you don't leave a voicemail, I'll call you back. Like if my sister called... But if you yeah. call me twice in a row, that means, hey, I need you now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see. Another one is use uh, use video voicemail judiciously. Voicemails are uh, voicemails are dead. Long live video voicemail. Uh, Apple recently introduced the new feature in its iOS 17 update that lets you leave a video message when someone doesn't answer your FaceTime call. Uh, it's silly and fun and should be used that way. But keep in mind, not everyone will find them delightful. I, I don't think I would like the video, um, the missed and, video call. And Chad, no matter what, do not call or answer a call video while you're on the yeah. potty. When you're on a what? The potty. When you're going to the uh, bathroom. Yeah. That's yeah. the, you know. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, they say stay still for video calls. That, that, that's another one. You know, don't yeah. don't be walking all around the place. The, the one that so the one that I'm bad about is when I'm doing a video call with my mom. 
I'll be right. in my my chair and my chair rocks and I try not to rock, but then I forget about it and then I start rocking back and forth and she'll be like, uh, "You're making me sick, man." <laughs> uh, start screening calls again. Apple also added a new uh, screening feature in iOS seven that'll transcribe a voicemail in real time, meaning you can decide uh, to uh, uh, decide to uh, answer the phone while they're leaving a voicemail for anyone old enough. To have used an answering machine and some delightful throwback. <laughs> well, remember those days when you'd screen somebody and uh, you know you'd listen to their voicemail a little bit or their uh, uh, their uh, ma- machine there's, and be like, oh, oh yeah, I need to answer the phone. Okay, it's a real person. There's an actual song about it. that. You know, Fantastic. sorry, I'm not home right now. I'm walking in the spider webs, leave a message, and I'll call. You know, the the one by uh, Gwen Stefani with uh, oh, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. You know, they did a whole a whole thing on that. I love it. I think that's great. Uh, another one is is this one, and this is my number one. This is my number one pet peeve when it comes to new uh, people on their phones and uh, cell phone etiquette and everything else. Do not, Matt. Yes. Do not, do not, do not use a speakerphone in public. I oh, I agree with that. Don't do it. While I mean, many people love eavesdropping on strangers' gossip, it's generally considered bad form to use speakerphone in public. Whether it's a regular call, video call, or a smartwatch call, use headphones or save it for later. Headphones only solve half the problem, however, as people still have to hear your side of the conversation. If you're in a crowded area, like an office or a store, be aware of other people's personal space and your own volume. Video calls in public are also a sensitive issue. There are strangers around who did not consent to being on camera. Uh, they might I also see something them. they're not supposed to. Yeah, I don't here's care the deal about, about Here's the deal about, I don't care about the video call uh, and being on, on camera. That I don't care about. It's the fact that most people, yes, uh, older folks, I'm talking about you, people over the age of, and I'm going to throw out 55, okay? I'm going to be nice here. Definitely over 60. But over 55, most people do not know how to use a video call the right way. That's true. And and they're like putting the, the phone up to their ear uh, during the video call, and they're like moving the phone around, and then they're yelling into their well, phone. I think it's older than that, though, because my, my parents know how to use it, and they're pretty good at it. They're 65, so. Yeah, but they've had to do it for a while. Like, they're, grandkids. They're, they're if they want to see their it. grandkids, they better do it. Yeah. I, I, I have been in, in places uh, in public and like at the airport where people are yelling at their phone if they're on speakerphone and on video. And it's just stop it. Stop doing that. We need, we need to get rid of the, uh, I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, the uh, FAA, they were talking about uh, allowing phone calls in midair. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. Well, no, that's awful. So, and, and I know that you've seen this, but they have their Bluetooth on, but they hold the phone. As if it is a speaker call. Yes. And it's like, you know, I don't know if you knew this, but Bluetooth has its own microphone. You don't actually speak into the phone. You're speaking through your Bluetooth. Yes. But they're sitting there yelling at their phone. Anyway. Yeah. I, uh, I oh man, that's good. Uh, that is, uh, that, yeah, that's my number one gripe. It's my number one gripe is uh, people on speakerphone in public. It's uh, it's terrible. Stop doing that. Just well, stop it. If it's like a family, a speakerphone really should be for if there's a conference of some kind, and you're like, "Hey, I need to put you on speakerphone because you got to talk to four or five people." 
it needs to be a one-on-one conversation. If you're busy doing something, you're at work, and you want to put someone on speakerphone so you can keep typing or whatever. Well, but that's you're, what whatever Bluetooth is for. Yeah. You, you don't have to share your conversation. No, you I'm don't. I'm thinking conference no, calls. Conference yeah. calls, I can see, hey, these guys need to hear what you have to say, too. Let me put you on speakerphone. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Hey, uh, Joe Biden's dog is being a very, very bad dog. Right. Very bad dog. Like uh, this, uh, owner-like dog. <laughs> That's from justthenews.com. Biden's German Shepherd bites another Secret Service agent in the 11th known incident. President Biden's two-year-old German Shepherd bit another Secret Service agent at the White House, marking the 11th known biting incident involving Biden's younger dog. Uh, the other day at about 6, 8 p.m., a Secret Service uh, Division police officer came in contact with the first family pet and was bitten. The officer was treated by medical personnel uh, at the White House, Secret Service spokesperson uh, said on Tuesday. The injured officer is, quote, doing all right. Commander, a purebred German Shepherd, has been responsible for at least 11 biting incidents in Delaware and at the White House. At least 10 of the attacks on Secret Service agents occurred in three months from October of 2022 through January of 2023. At least one of those attacks resulted in the officer being hospitalized. That's 100% training. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, seriously, German Shepherds do what they're trained to do. You trained that dog to be like that or you ignored it. Because That's what I'm thinking it is. Ch- I, Chad, I don't think they train you, the dog to attack people. I think, they, I think the Bidens ignore the dog. Because you have a pure blood German Shepherd, a pure yes. breed. It does not go around biting people. No, no, not just randomly. And, and 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 if she were around Secret Service agents all the time, she would probably know. Don't don't bite these guys. They're here to protect us. It it doesn't make sense unless those dogs are absolutely like I said. Either they were trained to be like that, or they were ignored. Yeah. And those poor dogs were probably ignored. Uh, the Bidens acquired Commander in December of 2021 after rehoming. Their other German Shepherd, Major, following multiple attacks on Secret Service agents and hundreds of dollars mm-hmm. in damages. Different dog doing the exact same thing. That tells me it's not the dogs. It's the owner. Right. Exactly. Uh, former Secret Service agent Jonathan Wackrow said Commander is posing a serious workplace safety hazard. Quote, there's a uniqueness here where the re- it's the residence of the president of the United States, but also a workplace for hundreds of thousands of people. Can't bring a hazard into the workplace, and that's essentially what's happening with his dog. Uh, one time, you could say it's an accident, but multiple incidents—that's a serious issue. And I agree; it's it, that's that's a that that's an issue. It's an issue with not training. It is an issue with ignoring the dog and the dog getting stressed because it's a stressful situation at yeah. the White House. You know, it's a stressful area for a dog, and if. You would think the dog would have enough to do. I mean, it, it's at the White House. They've got an entire lawn. Uh, it could uh, it could run around at. And people. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of people, too. There's plenty of people. I mean, they should have like a, a first handler where yeah. uh, you have the handler who goes outside. Get uh, what, what's the uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the coked up son. Hunter. Mm. Uh, get Hunter out there. Well, Hunter's probably do. afraid of German shepherds. <laughs> Mine smell what's on him. Hunter probably has a little PTSD with German Shepherds. He's like, I don't know about that. Uh, 
no, no, I don't no. think so, Dad. We, we need good. Jean-Pierre, uh, you know, uh, Jean-Luc Picard herself to go out there and do it ah. because uh, she is not doing a very good job as press secretary. Maybe she can handle the dog. Just have somebody walk the dog every day. Go and play fetch with the commander. Have fun with the dog outside. You you have a palatial estate that uh, the American people say, here's your home. Uh, you know, feel free to uh, use it uh, to your advantage. How many people would love to see the uh, the first dog like run up to the, uh, the the gate of the White House and be able to pet the dog, all that kind of stuff? Oh, they would love wouldn't it. That be, wouldn't that be awesome? It would. Yeah. Talk about PR right there. If if you had a good dog that wouldn't, you know, attack, you can't do that with this dog now because the dog would probably you know, rip somebody's arm off. Yeah. That's not a good look if you're running for president again. I don't, well, but uh, don't they have like dogs that walk around with guards and stuff? Sure they do. I mean, over yeah, around the perimeter and stuff. He, he should, the, the, this is why it's an owner issue, not a training issue. They seriously have the access to the greatest trainers in the United States when it comes to dogs. Like they can come in with anything that they want. Uh, it's just when a dog gets bored, they get bored and they become destructive. And all the Chinese money they want too. Yeah, that's. I true. mean, if they needed that's to true. pay for a trainer, just call up. Uh, uh, you know, it's free. <laughs> yeah, you know, like to, they're not going to charge the president for training the first dog. Come on, <laughs> I was trying to throw in a jab there. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe China. Gave us a bad dog. Maybe they got the dog from China. And it's a bad dog. I'm pretty it's not sure. a real German Shepherd. Yeah. It's like a Chinese German Shepherd dog. <laughs> it's a and spy. It's a spy it, German Shepherd. It's a, it's a spy dog. And the dog. See, that makes more sense. They got the German Shepherd from China, and the German and they trained the German Shepherd to go around and attack all the president's men. Hmm. That's how you make Joe even weaker. Taking out the Secret no, Service there's, agents. There's nothing. One one bad dog at a time. Nothing could make Joe any weaker. Poor dog. I feel bad for the dog. And I feel bad because here's what's going to happen. People are going to read that, and they're going to assume that all German Shepherds are bad dogs. I think most people know they're not, though. I mean, I they're... Think. Because, I mean, they've been used for police dogs. They, I know. They normally use think. the smaller, what, the Malamu or whatever now. Yeah. But the, the German Shepherds have always been very intelligent, and yeah. I, they've always been known to be well trainable, and that's yeah. why. I mean, I mean this this isn't again. If you have one bad dog, that's one thing. But when you have multiple dogs, all of which are one of the most trainable dogs in existence, mm -hmm. that you've got a problem with the owner. Yeah, yeah, we certainly do. It certainly seems like uh, there's a problem there with the uh, with the owner just a little bit a little bit you're listening to the current in cask podcast chad easty matt martin as we are uh going through some of the uh more interesting news that's uh that's out there also we are trying the Redbreast 21 uh, here in a little bit we'll be reviewing giving our thoughts uh it seems uh, so far i don't want to get too deep into it yet matt but it does seem like uh, you're enjoying the Redbreast 21 oh i've i like the red breast all the way around yeah, so, uh, yeah, we'll be uh, getting into a little bit of uh, just our thoughts on Redbreast 21 here in a little bit. Uh, we don't get a lot into the uh, political world, but one of the more interesting stories, it, is, it looks like, Matt, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who is a Democrat, 
has uh, decided he's going to run as an independent. I'm okay with that. I mean, the, the fact uh, of the matter, Joe Joe should have stepped down, and Joe should yeah. have said, "You know what? We've we need someone else. I'm not able to do this for another four years." Yeah. I'm not saying that I have any cognitive issues right now, but it's really tearing down my body. I'm getting older, and I'm only going to continue to get older. We need a different president. Let me bring up this person. And right. so by the fact that he didn't do that, he's asking people to run against him. I still think there's a very good chance Joe doesn't run. I, I think there's a very good chance he drops out. You think it's going to be Newsom? But the DNC, they do not want Robert F. Kennedy Jr. No, to be the don't. nominee. They don't. And they'll they never, they'll never, and with the, the super delegates and all that stuff, you don't yeah. have a chance if you're a Democrat and the DNC is not behind you. Uh, Mediaite first reported that uh, this was going to happen. And uh, now there's uh, they're out on uh, X. Uh, Kennedy Jr. has released a uh, video saying he's going to have a big announcement. Coming up in uh, Pennsylvania uh, on October 9th, Kennedy's campaign machine now planning attack ads against the Democrat National Committee in order to pave the way for his announcement in Philadelphia about running as an independent, according to a text reviewed by Mediaite. Quote, Bobby feels the DNC is changing the rules to exclude his candidacy. Well, that's what they do all the time. Yeah, they did uh, that just ask to Bernie Sanders. Yeah, I was going to say they did it to Bernie Sanders. They even did it to... Uh... Uh, Hillary Clinton the first time with the understanding yeah. that when she comes back, she'll get to have it again. Yep. Uh, Bobby feels that the DNC is changing the rules to exclude his candidacy. So an independent run is the only way to go. A Kennedy campaign insider told Mediaite. Uh, let's see. Kennedy remains far behind Biden in the polls. Yet the Times reported Democrats worry that a third party run by Mr. Kennedy could draw votes away from Biden and help elect former President Donald Trump. It's unclear whether such a run would hurt the current president more than the Republican nominee. And what, what Mediaite does, they go and they say that uh, there are uh, a lot of Republicans who said that they have a good opinion of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And, and I, I think, yeah, they probably do. Uh, and they probably have a good opinion of him compared to other current Democrats. But they never said they would vote for the guy. Uh, they said right. they have a good opinion of him compared to maybe Joe Biden, compared to maybe people like AOC. But the very same people who say they have a good opinion and they're a Republican, a good opinion of Kennedy, I'm going to guess 90% of them are either Trump supporters, DeSantis supporters, uh, Tim Scott supporters, Nikki Haley. You, you catch my drift. Yeah. They're going to vote for the Republican nominee. The fact is that the never Trumpers would love to have a different person to vote for. I mean, they would love to have that other, I mean, they could always do a, a fringe candidate, but they would love to have another option that considers themselves more centrist. Yeah. Because but they're not they going to vote for Kennedy. Not, but they do not want to vote for Biden. And I think it's the same way with a lot of the left wing guys. They don't want to vote for Biden. And so that extra candidate may help the Republicans, but it's only going to be one or 2%. It's not going to be some kind of massive no. move, but one or 2% can make a big difference in an election like that. One or 2% can make a big difference. And when you have other possible third party candidates who are going to get into this thing, who could 
move some of the Democrats towards uh, them, you know, one or two percent, that adds up. You get a couple of uh, candidates in there who are well-known, liberal mm-hmm. to Democrat, uh, you know, candidates, third-party candidates. Well, one or two percent for each. Well, now we're talking four yeah. percent, uh, and and that that's a good chunk of of Democrats who would be voting for somebody else, e- even well, the never Trumpers. I don't see never Trumpers voting for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. No. I don't see Republicans overall voting for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. No matter who the Republican nominee is, I don't see them going for Kennedy. I see them maybe staying home, which would be detrimental and really, really bad. But I, I don't see them voting for any type of Democrat on the list unless it was Mitt Romney. Uh, well, what I was thinking, though, is you also have these crazy left-wing guys right now that are they've started kind of protesting joe biden these green um people global warming activists and stuff like that they they may be looking for another candidate that they think will help their cause better right yeah so robert f kennedy jr uh planning to announce his uh, run as an independent, which, I mean, that it, it's a big deal for a couple reasons. One, it shows that he has really no faith whatsoever in the Democrat Party. But, and and some people may not like this, uh, but he's a Kennedy. Yeah, he, he's, he's a, I mean, it would be like a, uh, a Bush, and I know some people don't necessarily like George W. Bush, George H. W. Bush, or the Bush family right now. Uh, but it would be like a Bush coming out and going, yep, yeah, I'm a Democrat now. Mm-hmm. Or you know I'm I'm you know you know or even I'm uh, an independent. I mean this it's, he's a Kennedy, and yeah, I mean, Kennedys at- have been just so tied in with the Democrat name for such a long time. Now I think you can make the argument that if JFK Jr. were alive today or JFK uh, was alive today, then he would not be a Democrat. He would not be a modern Democrat. He would possibly be an independent or a Republican. Maybe. Uh, you can make that argument. You can make that, you know, that uh, debate that's out there. But but Teddy, uh, Teddy was more than happy to stick with the Democrat Party. Oh, sure. Sure. But, you know, again, you have a Kennedy leaving the Democrat Party to run for president. That's that's a big deal. That's a big yeah. deal. Yeah. And we'll see what I mean. I It makes I'm glad it's happening. I think that more of them should do it probably under the circumstances and uh, honestly, I know that Kamala Harris really doesn't have another option, but I mean, it's almost time for her to stand up and say that Joe Biden can't handle this. I'm running well, for president. The the interesting uh, thing that's come out about that now that Dianne Feinstein has passed away, Gavin Newsom gets to a point, you know, the whoever is going to, uh, you know, right. fill in for Dianne Feinstein, mm-hmm. he gets to a point, uh, that position, and there's been chatter, chatter out there. I don't think it'll happen. But that Kamala Harris back to the U.S. Senate and then Gavin Newsom, you know, stick with me here. Mm-hmm. Gavin Newsom is chosen by Joe Biden as vice president. And, then and it Joe becomes a Biden Newsom ticket. And Newsom, that that may be Newsom's way into the uh, in, into the White House. Yeah, but I don't think Gavin Newsom's liked outside of California any better. He's not any He's better not. That's, than Kamala that's why Harris. If you're going to get him in there, then you get a, a Biden Newsom ticket. Let's say Biden wins. 
Well, Biden's not going to serve uh, the entire time. So what does he do? He resigns. Yeah. He resigns and you get President Newsom. I mean, I can I can see them trying that, but I, I guess my point is that uh, Gavin Newsom, I don't think, could do it on his own, and it's not going to help Biden win anything because Newsom's just not liked. But Kamala Harris is a, an absolute negative. Everybody hates yeah. Kamala Harris. Yeah. And you have to put whoever's running for vice president is going to be put on um, a stage running against the other vice president in a debate, yeah. and she's going to get destroyed. Well, and that's why you know, Newsom's already out there. He wants to do this debate with uh, Ron DeSantis, which uh, I've said is a horrible idea for Ron DeSantis. It's just weird. Uh, well, it's weird, but it, it's a horrible idea for Ron DeSantis. He should not be debating uh, uh, debating the uh, governor of California. He's trying to claw something back. He's, he's grasping at straws. What choice does he yeah. have right now, Chad? He's not going to win. And he's actually hurting uh, he, himself. The only thing he can do is is say, "I'm, you know, challenge Trump one on one. Let's let's finish this. Let's do this right now." Uh, but again, challenging the governor or the governor challenging uh, uh, Ron DeSantis, Newsom versus uh, DeSantis in, in a debate on Hannity. Give me a break. Yeah, I don't know. I still think that Ron DeSantis is his best chance of becoming president was for him to get Donald Trump's blessing by saying, you know what, if Donald Trump's going to run again, then I'm going to let him have it and I will run after he's done. Yeah. Because there's no vice president, I think, that could have really gone against DeSantis in that that respect unless somebody really shot to the top when they became vice president. Yeah. But his best, uh, everything that he's done in Florida, his best bet was to stay in Florida, stay the governor there, and not challenge Trump, but have Trump behind him. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it uh, it winds up. It's not looking good for DeSantis. No, right it's now. not. That's, that's for sure. Uh, let's see. Before we uh, wrap up and get to uh, the, the review part of the podcast, Matt. Uh, some would say one of the most important parts of the podcast. Definitely where one we of my favorite parts. Talk about the whiskey, yes. Um, I'm going to ask you what you think some of the top U.S. colleges are for partying. Okay. And and see if you can guess any in the top five. Okay. All right. Any so, in the top five. Uh, let's see. Go ahead and go. Let's I'm, see. I'm thinking uh, college towns because to have a party school, it can't uh-huh. be like in a big city. It's got to be in a college town. I mean, you could say okay. something like UT, but I, I don't think University of Texas is on there. Okay. I think uh, Knoxville, University of Tennessee. I'm thinking, um, let's see. Maybe uh, Oklahoma. Okay. Um. Man, this is this is kind of tough. Uh, what I'm trying to think of who I've heard is a party school. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I would bet University of Florida. I don't know what size their town is, but I bet they're they're a pretty big party school down there in Florida, University of Florida. Okay. So far, you're zero out of zero. Really? Are they uh, are they yeah. smaller schools or are they big schools? Uh, a mix. So I mean, let's, are we looking uh, at fringe, the ones that you've never heard of? 
Yeah. Number five, Tarleton State University. Oh, yeah. See, I went to Tarleton. It's not that big of a party school. It is now, Matt. Since you Steven, left, they Stephenville. have they they have increased to a party school. Congratulations! This is from the Wall Street Journal. I mean, don't, get me, don't get me wrong; there was a lot of drinking going on, but I I went to Tarleton for two years, and I uh, definitely wouldn't I'm have still, considered it being that you, extreme. Texas State University used to be a big one. Now, not even in the top twenty. Mm. Uh, so uh, Tarleton State University, number five. James Madison University at number four. Uh, Birmingham Southern. At number three, so they're all I'm gonna, so far they're smaller gonna, schools. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'll, uh, I'm gonna give you one more chance. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'll give you a hint, Matt. This is a Texas school. Texas school. Who do you right. think came in number two? Well, I I kind of wonder if it's Texas Tech just because of uh, what you're doing. I would probably say uh, either Texas Tech or Texas A&M. Oh no. Texas Christian University. Oh, TCU. See, I thought TCU, but I was like, it's in Fort Worth. Yeah. Why? Well, they're partying. They got a chimneys. They're, they're partying uh, in Fort Worth. They're hanging out. They're drinking. I don't TCU, know. I... number two. And Indiana University of Pennsylvania, the main campus, there, uh, is number one. There was literally only one major college in all of that. Uh, let's see here. Let me, let me go through the top. Tw- I'm not going to go through. Well, yeah. Okay. Top 20, uh, Savannah state university, number six, Tulane at seven, uh, Washington and Lee university, Washington or university of Dayton, Alcorn state university, university of California, Santa Barbara gets yeah. in at number 11, hmm. uh, North Carolina, a, uh, a and T state university, Colgate university, Florida Agriculture and Mechanical University, which just sounds like a riot itself. Uh, Prairie View A&M, University uh, of Georgia, SEC country right there. Really? That's the biggest college they've had so far. Uh, number 16, University of Georgia. Uh, let's see. Uh, Is August, Texas Tech uh, even Augustana on the list? Augustana University, the Ohio State University uh, main campus at 18, the Ohio State, one of Matt's oh, favorite uh, universities. Jackson State University. And uh, then finally, at number 20, Rock Chalk, the oh. University of Kansas. Oh, okay. I can't, I can't see that. I mean, I can't see Rock Chalk I, as a party school, no. but I guess they don't have a lot to do in Kansas. They got oh. basketball, sort of football, and that's about it. Yeah. And drinking. So Texas Tech, not even on the list. No. No, absolutely That's not. Good. Uh, I, I Elena they, Wright, a junior at I TCU. I think they like that. What's that? I said I think that uh, Texas Tech likes that. I think that's what they they don't want to be considered a party school. No, not anymore they don't. Uh, Elena Wright, a junior at TCU, said the university's ranking is second best for its party scene. Came as a surprise. Uh, student uh, morale was high last year following TCU's 150th anniversary in the football team's advance uh, advancement to the national championship game. She says adding Where that high spirits from those celebrations may have translated to the greater satisfaction with the school's party scene. Hey, if you're going to the national championship, you're going to party a little bit. Yeah, but they got destroyed. 
Yeah, they, they well, that being they, said, that led to a lot of drinking, Matt. Well, that I was going to say, that being said, when we made it up to the national championship in basketball, yeah. uh, Texas Tech, when they did, there was a lot of partying going on. I mean, what, yeah. we had cars getting thrown over and set on fire. <laughs> uh, let's see. In addition to the University of Alaska Anchorage, the lowest ranked schools for the party scene were Seattle Pacific University, the University of St. Thomas in Texas, um, Muskingum University in Ohio, and the University of San Francisco uh, was uh, dead last. Too too busy busy protesting. (laughs) Too busy trying to uh, get around all the bums. Oh, that's another, yeah. I I guess if, yeah, that would destroy everything. You're stepping on poop. Uh, let's see, Matt, we've been drinking Redbreast 21 as our drink today on mm-hmm. Current in Cask. Uh, why don't you tell folks a little bit about uh, the drink itself? Well, the Redbreast 21, it's a, it's a malt. It's a single pot stilled, and it is, uh, of course, aged 21 years. And, I mean, just to be honest, it's fantastic. Um, I, I've told you before, my favorite's probably still the fifteen. Uh, which to me, if if you were going to have a choice, even if this one is a little better, this one's three hundred and fifty dollars. The fifteen's yeah. one twenty to one fifty. I, I would still probably go for the fifteen. That being said, this one's definitely sweeter and smoother than even the fifteen. Um, it doesn't have some of the notes that I loved in the fifteen, but it has other notes that I love. For example, like I said, it's got a very mellow almost i would say marshmallow on the back end but a very mellow sweetness that kind of rolls on your tongue and just stays there it's got a great finish um it's just a really really easy drink to to get into now if you're looking for if you're one of those guys you're like i've thought about getting into whiskeys uh i drink a few bourbons here and there I'd love to try maybe a malt, an Irish whiskey, something like that. The Redbreast line is a great place to start. Jameson, I know a lot of people have bad nightmares of what they did in college with Jameson. Well, the price is equivalent to the uh, how good or bad it is in this respect. You're going to pay a little more for a Redbreast 12 or in the Redbreast line. But Redbreast is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, like, like you, I'm a fan of uh, Redbreast 12, Redbreast 15 is fantastic. The, uh, what is it, Lustau, uh is great. Yeah. I think, you know, we should probably, uh, you know, we'll, we'll probably go through the entire line at some yeah. point. Of, well, and of, of course, Red the Lustau is a finished whiskey, so it does have a, a different flavor profile than this line. So uh, that's but kind I, of... I, I mean, this is probably one of my favorite whiskeys of all time that yeah. I've had. Uh, it's, you know, to me, like you said, it's not very complex, but I think there, there are some different layers to it. Uh, the, the longer you drink, the the more you kind of take it in. I, I, I think there are some, you know, pretty good layers to it. Uh, obviously it has that sweetness to it that you brought up. Uh, but I also think there's, you know, a little bit on the, the finish side of it has just a little, not, not much, but a little bit of spice. Just mm-hmm. a little bit, yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, it's just got a, a little. It does maybe a little like cinnamon type spice, so just a hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, those baking spices. 
I, I will say this. I do also, this is the, the note that I love out of the 15 that you don't get nearly as much of here is the um, mellow citrus, like an orange or a blood orange or something sweet and mellow coming from a kind of a citrus flavor. Yeah. This one doesn't have nearly as much of that. And I don't know if the aging process got that out or if it's the barrels that they choose to go which direction. But either way, that doesn't take away from how good this is. It's just missing that one note that I love. It's still there. It's just kind of in the background. It's it's almost like I, I get it a little bit more when, I, when I'm smelling it. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm putting my nose into the glass, I get a little bit more of that that orange, orange, you know, orange mm-hmm. to it when I'm smelling it, if that makes sense. Uh, then when I'm drinking, when I'm drinking, it's just, it's, it's very calm. It, 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 it has that creaminess to it. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, it has that sweetness to it. And then it's just, just, just at the very end, it's like a touch of spice, mm-hmm. just a little touch, not much at all. Just a little bit. And, uh, it's, I don't know. It's just absolutely fantastic. And which, I mean, again, at the price point, uh, it should be an absolutely fantastic yeah. drink. I mean, it should be one that you're going to sit back, relax. Don't you dare mix this with anything. Uh, you sit mm-hmm. back, relax. I'll be knocking at en- your door. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and just enjoy, uh, this fantastic whiskey that again, like Matt said, most people, you find the red breast 15, you're going to be very happy with red breast 15. Um, and, and then we'll do a review over that later at some point. Uh, you're going to be very, very, very happy with that. You're going to be very happy with Redbreast 12. Uh, it, it, and that's the thing, too, is that for a lot of you out there who are not Irish whiskey fans, which I understand, I get that because I was in that. I was in that category for a long time because it was basically like, here's Jameson and only Jameson. And that's what your mind my mind kind of went to every time with whiskey was Jameson, uh, which maybe I just had a lot of Jameson. So it, it wasn't impressive to me anymore. Uh, but when I tried this and then I've tried some other uh, higher end Irish whiskeys, they're absolutely fantastic. And this just, uh, you know, for red breast, they, 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 they take the top spot uh, for me over and over again. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, you know, uh, the first Irish whiskey that I had that I absolutely loved was the uh, Yellow Spot. And yeah, that it's, was, that's good. Uh, it is not very cheap, but uh, we had it, I think we had it uh, at a bar and it was like, man, I want to buy a bottle. So I went and bought, and that was probably one of my more expensive bottles that I bought. And from there, I tried the, I was like, okay, well, if I like this one, let's see what other Irish whiskeys I would like. So I tried the Red Breast 12. And, you know, a lot of these I tried in a bar, just one drink. And I think that a lot of times when you go into it and you're able to get something at a bar, just one drink, it's much more approachable price-wise, and you know whether or not you like it before you buy it. Yeah. So, again, if you're if you're going to the store, you're looking for a good whiskey uh, to pick up, yeah, go to the, go to the Irish section. Look for Red Breast. Look for Red Breast Twelve. Red Breast. Uh, Red Breast Fifteen. They have Twenty One. Go ahead, buy it. If you know, mm-hmm. if you're feeling good, you can afford it. You're. Uh, you had a good weekend. You had a good week. You have a celebration coming up. Yeah, get get the Twenty One. And if, if you really you're going, want to make me angry, get the Twenty Seven, and then rub it in my face. <laughs> 
if if you are like I I I I can't afford the twenty one. I I I can't I can't put that much money out there. Get the twelve. Get the twelve. Get the fifteen. You'll be mm-hmm. you'll be so happy uh, with what you get because they just make an amazing profit. Well, and I will say this in Lubbock, you can also get the cash strength of the twelve, which has more of the flavors of the fifteen or twenty one without it quite as much of the price. It's just it's a cash strength, so it's got a lot more burn to it as well. But yeah. if you're looking for that real punch of flavors, the cash strength is a great place to go as well. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, feel free, go to the store, get uh, if you know the Redbreast uh, Twenty One. Obviously, at its price point is uh, is it's it's a very high price point, mm-hmm. but it's a fantastic, fantastic drink uh, that you know if if you were you know giving you know the number of stars or you know whatever. Uh, to me, it would rank as, as probably one of the highest, if not the mm-hmm. highest, that we've that we've you know uh, absolutely talked about on here, but that oh, absolutely. I've ever tried. Yeah, yeah and Christmas sure. is coming. That's uh, you got to you got to say coming. Christmas is coming. Th- say, hey, hun, I need you to go get Redbreast Twenty One. It's not that easy to find, but if you do find it, I I would say to me it was worth the money, at least one time, and I might go get it again at some point. But uh, it, it is expensive. It's it's one of those things you got to save up a little for. And like you said, you don't drink this every day. This is a special occasion whiskey. But when you do pull it out, you know you've pulled out something good. Yep, absolutely. Hey, want to thank everyone for tuning in to another episode of Current and Cask with Chad HD and Matt Martin. You can reach out to us on social media. Find us on the X at Chad HD Radio and at Matt Martin Radio. And you can also email us, caskerspied, that's caskerspied, at gmail.com. Let us know maybe uh, a drink you would like us to review. We can always do that. I invite you to download, subscribe, follow the Chad Hasty Show podcast, and also Current in Cask, wherever you enjoy your favorite podcast. Enjoy life and cheers. Cheers.